welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's word. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Constructionist Podcast. Thank you for being here today. So today I want to talk about uh, something that happened about a week ago, a week and a half ago, something like that. On the opening morning of January 3rd, Senator Emmanuel Cleaver here in America uh, opened the Senate with prayer. He opened the Congress with prayer, I should say. So this was on January 3rd, and his prayer was an interesting one in that uh, it was a strange mixture of things that could be considered biblical and things that are not biblical. And I will explain. So I'll put a link in the show notes to the YouTube uh, video so you can actually watch the prayer yourself and see what you think. But this is the Constructionist Podcast, so as I've always said, we're here to build our minds and build our hearts on something firm and solid. And that something firm and solid is the message of the Scripture, the person of Jesus Christ, and the truth that God has given us uh, through the Scriptures. So, having said that, uh, if you're going to build a house or any sort of building... If you want it to stand and be efficiently and properly built, you need to follow the plans. So in our life, the plans that God has given us is the scriptures. That's the first place we start uh, when, we, when we want to, to look at how are we to build our life, how are we to structure the way we function with other people and understand ourselves and understand the world around us. It begins with the scriptures. So I'm saying that up front uh, before I get into this prayer of uh Republican Emmanuel Cleaver. So let me say the good things about his prayer first. Not very long prayer. You know, I think it's a minute and a half, two minutes, something like that. But he rightly acknowledges our weaknesses as humans. Okay? So that's a good thing. We are weak as humans. We need to state that before God. He is all... He is the creator God. His wisdom is above our wisdom. His knowledge is deeper than our knowledge. We should go to him for our understanding of the things around us. So yes, we are weak. Uh, we need him to empower us and to work through us. So that's correct. He also rightly acknowledged God as creator of all things. Okay. So again, that kind of a little bit is in the face of uh, atheistic understanding of evolution. And he says this in a prayer as a member of uh, the U.S. government that is what he prayed. He prayed that God is the creator of all things. I would fully agree with that. The scriptures fully agree with that. Good thing to say. Then he, near the end of his prayer, uh, he prays for, he acknowledges the year 2020 and all the struggles and things like that throughout the prayer. Uh, But then he gets into this idea of praying for peace. And so he actually quotes pretty much flat out, he quotes the ironic blessing of number six. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. So that was the emphasis of of that portion of his prayer was uh, that peace would be in 
the government of America and the, the land of America. And I don't think anybody out there would say they don't want peace. I think everybody wants peace. The question is, is how do you define that peace and what is the basis of that peace? Okay, Because everybody has their different views on how things should be and all that. Uh, I don't think anybody really wants all-out uh, conflict and anarchy all the time. Okay, So yeah, peace is a good thing to pray for. I'm all for praying for peace. No problem. Then near the end of his prayer, things start going awry. Okay, So it's when he gets into in the name of. So you know how people always end prayers in the name of. Now let me point out that Republican Emmanuel Cleaver uh, is a Democrat and he also is a Methodist pastor. According to his Wikipedia page, which you can look up and read, he attended a, a Bible school, a school of theology, and for many years he was somehow involved, if not the main pastor, I don't know, but he was he was he was part of a specific church, and uh, a Methodist church. So you would think that that being the case, he would, uh, having been through this theology school, Bible school, uh, and having pastored for many years that he would have a firm grasp and understanding of what the scripture teaches about God and about God's relationship to other gods, okay? Because the Bible does state this, right? So he says, uh, in the name of the monotheistic God. Now, right there, we need to pause. If we are Bible readers, then we would say, yes, God is the the monotheistic God. But that phrase then is also used to apply to the God of the Jews and to the God of Islam, okay? Because in Islam, God is monotheistic. They say there is no other God. God, Allah, is God, they would say. So, excuse me. So to pray in the name of the monotheistic God and then leave it at that is ambiguous. It's something that... Theoretically, a Muslim could agree with, and a Jew could agree with, and a, and a Christian could agree with. Say, so, now I'm not going to get into the the distinction or the or the the relationship between Jews and Christians. Okay, that's a whole another topic that we could talk about. Is how uh, they recognize God and the relationship between Yahweh and Jesus and Jews and the church and all that stuff. I'm just pointing out that if you are a Jew, you would say, yes, I have a monotheistic God. There's one God. If you're a Christian, you would say the same thing. If you are um, a a Muslim, you would say the same thing. Okay, so that's all I'm saying right there. But he prays in the name of. So let's think about this for a moment. In the name of something, uh, biblically, implies that you're praying in the character and and the agreeing uh, nature and message of the one that you of the na- of the person who holds that name. Okay, so you say, you know, I come in the name of my mother or whatever. You know, if you're if you're delivering something to your your auntie, uh, you you know, your mom says, here, take this to your auntie. Then you're coming, you know, in the name of your auntie. She told me to come and do this. So you're representing her. Does that make sense? I mean, that's a very basic, basic example. Uh, but this is the idea in the Bible that when you do things in the name of somebody else, you know, what does it say in, at the end of Matthew 28? Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, immerse uh, your disciples, make disciples and immerse them 
into the character and the nature of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's much, much deeper meaning than just dunk them in water, which is often how we, we understand it and read it. It's much deeper than that. It's all about a lifestyle and, a, and an understanding of the world around us and how we're to interact with others and God and, uh, and live out our life the way the God would live it out, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you know, to have his mind about everything. So that's all wrapped up in that idea of in the name of. So you see how that makes sense? If you pray, if, if you know, Republican Emmanuel Cleaver is praying in the name of the monotheistic God, then it's like, okay, well, which monotheistic God are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, the monotheistic God of Islam or what his character, his nature is different than the monotheistic God uh, even if, that the Jews would ascribe to, um, which... Uh, has a different flavor than the monotheistic God that the, that the church would ascribe to. So right there, you're you're in some trouble. It carries on. Then he specifically says, and Brahma. So he's praying in the name of the monotheistic God and Brahma. So Brahma is a Hindu God who's who um, you know is considered the creator God. Although it doesn't take very long to do a little bit of research on the, the Brahma. Uh, and understand that it's a very complicated and, and contradictory uh, subject to get involved in. So, but the fact is that the fact that Brahma is a Hindu god means that Brahma is not in any way the god of presented in the scriptures, who spoke to Moses, who emptied himself and was born, you know, into the earth as a human who grew up. You know, in no way is the God, the creator God of uh, the scriptures who made all things, stands outside all things, is over all things, and yet also is able to enter into human existence and live the human way. You know, all that the Bible talks about God, Brahma is not that. Uh, so, so he's just invoked another God, a different God. Now, the Bible states in the Old Testament and the New Testament that other gods are false gods. They're not true gods, okay? Now, the Bible acknowledges various gods in the sense of uh, entities, okay? So, there are spiritual beings out there. There are other spiritual beings. There are spiritual beings that fall under the authority of the one true God, Yahweh. And there are entities and spiritual beings that have rejected uh, the authority and um, of Yahweh and have gone a different way. So, if all false gods fall into that category of spiritual beads that have now followed gone a different way and their goal is to bring confusion and their goal is to bring division and death and separation from the one true god from humans humans are to be separated from the one true god that's their goal okay because that's exactly what lucifer's goal was is to usurp the place of god and bring a division and a separation between god and everything else so so brahma cannot be uh, if, if you're going to follow the biblical model, Brahma can't be something that you would pray in the name of, which is exactly what, uh, Re you know, representative Emmanuel Cleaver did. Then he prays, uh, in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma and God's known by many names and many different faiths. Okay. So 
uh, that basically lumps everybody else in there as well. It doesn't matter, you know, it could be anything. You know, now you just name a deity, uh, and it's there, you know. So it, 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 his prayer ended in an explosion of, of calling all gods to be a part of this, uh, uh, desire for peace and a new year and blessings and all this stuff. Now that's just not possible. So because we all know that that you know they say that most of the wars ever fought on the earth are a result of uh, conflicting religions. You know, to a certain degree, that's true. Uh, you know, maybe to say conflicting ideologies is a result of a of a particular faith in a particular deity, um, but all these gods are so diverse and if you read the whole of the scripture and God very clearly puts himself in a different position so Isaiah 42 8 says I am the Lord that Yahweh that is my name and my glory I will not give to another nor my praise to carved images and that idea of carved images is just something that's formed to fit our liking, okay? Whether it be an idea or a particular belief system or something to that effect, it doesn't have to be an actual idol. You know, the Bible pushes our understanding of false gods past idols to the idea behind that idol. So, uh, so we have to understand carved images is not not an actual idol that we bow down to. Although Brahma is uh, an actual image, uh, you can look, you can find pictures and whatever of Brahma and lots of other gods. Um, but the the true God of the Scriptures has no image. We are made in the image of God in the sense that God wants us to reflect Him out to the world around us. It doesn't make us deities. It just means that He that we need to align ourselves to the understanding and the and the wisdom and the knowledge and the, the power of that one true God. When we align ourselves with that, God can work through us to the best possible way. Okay? So, he invokes all gods. And then, in the end, he, he says, Amen and a woman. And that ends his prayer, and he walks off. And they continue, they open up the session of Congress for the year 2021. So, again, he's a pastor of a church, and he's associated amen as if the, the men there actually refers to masculine uh, versions of the human race to a woman, which implies uh, the feminine element of the human race. The word amen has nothing to do in its Hebrew definition with anything of a masculine nature of man. It simply means so be it, make it so, something like that. It doesn't, to, to take the sound of the word in English and apply it as a, as a, the opposite of the feminine sounding word, a woman, uh, is linguistically stupid. <laughs> I, mean, I, hate, I don't want to demean the guy. I'm just saying that what he did was flat out wrong. So you can't say amen and a woman. The two do not interrelate in that way whatsoever. Um, so it's just, he was wrong on that point. Now, <clears throat> Isaiah has written what God thinks. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, My praise to a, nor my praise to a carved image. He, Republican Emmanuel um, 
sorry, Representative Emanuel Cleaver has basically f- thrown that passage in the dirt and says, well, I don't agree with what God has said right there. I want to invoke the monotheistic God, I don't care what you call him, Brahma, and all other gods, or many other gods of many different faiths. That's what I want to do. Uh, and so for God, to, for Yahweh, the one true God, to say that he is the Lord, that's his name, and his glory he will not give to another. The, so glory, the Hebrew word glory is kavod. It means a weightiness, a heaviness, a seriousness. That's how we are to take God. We are, to give God glory in one sense is to be very, um, to be, to be burdened by who he is and, and take exceeding as the most serious you can ever take anything, his words. And so, um, you know, Emmanuel Cleaver completely refused to do that and threw it out the window. Now, what happened a few days later after he prayed this prayer? Uh, there was a demonstration outside of Trump supporters and they completely disrupted Congress and, you know, they had to clear the building. I mean, people saw this on the news. So the fact that he invoked all gods or, you know, many gods of many faiths and the many gods of these many faiths are constantly at war with each other. He kind of got what he wanted. Uh, you know, that is the false piece of ecumenism, the false piece of mon- uh, polytheism, the false piece of trying to bring all divergent belief systems into some kind of harmony. They won't live in harmony. It's not possible. And so the scriptures make it very clear. If we want peace and we want to live uh, the fullness of our life, then our mind and our attention and our expectation have to be narrowed down to that one true God. And, and then he can then respond back to us. You know, it's like, it's like a guy trying to have four or five or six or eight or ten wives and have them all come together and live in peace and harmony with each other. Uh, you know, the Bible gives no illustration of happy polygamy. It's just, there's always that conflict and everything else. Even people who divorce their wife and move on to another, there's always this sort of tension, somehow conflict, somehow, um, you know, that's the norm. So to invoke, you know, things in the name of many gods and many faiths, there's a dangerous thing to do. And if, if this is the new religion of America, then... I'm going to say as a result and basis of my reading of scripture, then I want nothing to do with this new faith in America. It's not something that I can get behind. So because of my reading of scripture, I'm saying that because the scriptures say that. So it's not necessarily my opinion. It's God's opinion. Uh, so our, the nation needs to turn away from that. Really, uh, you know, Mr. Emmanuel Cleaver needs to repent of his prayer, recognize that the fruit of that prayer is what happened that week uh, in Washington, D.C., with all the turmoil and the and the, the whatever, you know, you, go to, you I'm sure you saw it on the news. Um, he needs to repent of that, and the nation needs to reject basically the spirit of the prayer in which he prayed and turned to the one true God. So... Uh, I, I pray that this would be a challenging podcast for you. Uh, go back to the scriptures, read what they have to say. You know, there is a unity there. And that's what we're trying to bring about in many of these podcasts is that the scriptures are sufficient for us to put our faith and trust in its message and in the ultimately the, the God of the scriptures that wants to relate to us. So, 
you know, Mr. Emmanuel Cleaver was not relating to the one true God in any way whatsoever. But um, so read your scriptures, uh, walk in them, follow them. God bless you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.